you're tuned into Inside Lowell. Inside Lowell podcast brought to you in part by Washington Savings Bank, serving the greater Lowell community for over 130 years. Make the switch now to Washington Savings Bank. Unicare, offering a variety of plans for people insured under the GIC. At Unicare, your health is their top priority. Boston North Company, offering a wide variety of business solutions to help restaurant and retail clients save money. Boston North. Mahoney Oil Company, providing warmth and protection to families in Greater Lowell and Southern New Hampshire since 1925. That's Mahoney Oil. Francis E. Preventure Insurance. For auto, home, business, and life, trust the agency Greater Lowell has counted on for more than 40 years. Francis E. Preventure Insurance. GoPuff. A grocery store right at your fingertips. Use the code LOWELL20 to receive $20 off your first order of $21, plus free delivery. Download the GoPuff app or visit GoPuff.com today. And by the Massachusetts Pirates, bringing all the hard-hitting action and excitement of arena football to the Songa Center in Lowell. Get your tickets today by visiting MassPiratesFootball.com. And now... Time for another Inside Lowell podcast. Inside Lowell. If Lowell is your home, this is your place. Hi, and welcome to Chamber Chat here in the beautiful Inside Lowell studios here in downtown Lowell. I'm Danielle McFadden, president of the Greater Lowell Chamber of Commerce. I am so excited to have our guest on with me today. It's my first time meeting him, and I think I could have talked to you all day if I was able to. <laughs> I have the exec- the chief executive officer of Lowell House, Michael Reinka. Great. Thank you. And it, and it actually turns out this is our first time meeting, but you've actually met my mom. I have. Probably for a decade, if not more. Yes. So Michael's mother, Bonnie, is one of our best volunteers for the Bucket Brigade at the Lowell Folk Festival. She is so enthusiastic and so much fun. Indeed. I used to live in the state of Washington, and she would say, you have to fly back to visit me during the Folk Festival because it's so much. So, yes, I I feel like even though it's our first time meeting, I've met at least things yeah. going on in Lowell for quite a while. Oh, that's so yeah. lovely. She she always is dressed up. She always has a fun hat, and she always wants to be in JFK Plaza on Sunday. So. There you go. And so, it, it, yes. Incredibly hot at times, yes. <laughs> um, so how long have you been at Lowell House? Well, I've been at Lowell House um, just for the past uh, seven months. I started uh, uh, July 5th, the day after Independence Day, so yes. I got my independence by moving to Lowell House. Um, I've been in the area uh, professionally since... Uh, 2016, I took a job up in Nashua. I was running the Nashua Soup Kitchen and Shelter, which ironically enough has a soup kitchen and also has a shelter. Um, We did a couple of different things. Um, One of which is we did a frozen meal program for kids getting subsidized lunch to take home so they can make sure they had dinner in the evening. That's amazing. You know, breakfast and lunch at school is not enough. Kids need to eat at night or else they're going to be hungry coming back to school Absolutely. and not be able to stay. So we did that. And then we worked on a new shelter. The shelter in Nashua was not in great shape. Um, the uh, When I first came there in 2016, the board said, you know, we think it needs a rehab. And I took a look at it. I said, no, it needs a rebuild. Wow. And so we had... Um, 
long involved process, uh, uh, developed a 40 year lease with the diocese, Catholic Diocese of Manchester, a uh, dollar a year, we've paid off the rent, but they said you actually have to renovate the building. That turned out with all inflation and things like that, to be $8.5 million and we actually raised 9.4. And then after that, I was like, okay, I need a new challenge. And that's when uh, Lowell House wow. was looking for an executive or CEO. Uh, so that started, but I was actually, I, I was born in Boston, um, uh, lived in Westford as like a seven, eight year old oh for a couple of years. Um, and then my folks moved us out to Royalston, Massachusetts, which is about 50 miles due west of here, um, but it would take you at least an hour and a half because, you know, you have to go on Route 2, and then there's no direct way. It's not really a, a town that you hear about a lot. Yeah, it's not a town, that, and, and I have to tell you that you and I probably would love it on our age, but yeah. when you are a teenager, you know, and there's just trees and maybe some owls, there's not a lot going on there. So I, I went to college in Connecticut, then went out to... Uh, D.C., New York, Indiana, state of Washington, most recently North Carolina, before again moving back here in 2016. So. Welcome back. And Thank I you. mean, that's impressive what you did in Nashua. What an undertaking. Most yeah. people would be like, all right, I completed that. I'm going to take a break. You're like, I'm ready for another challenge. Let's go for Good another for challenge. Exactly. Exactly. So Lowell House just completed the 10-year project in partnership with the CBA. Yes. Very yeah, they exciting. Had the ribbon cutting or they had the ribbon I cutting. I know. And I was to... supposed to be there and one of the kids had a stomach bug. So, ah, yeah. There is something going around. Yes. But, but, um, so yeah, no, went there. Amazing building. If people haven't seen it, really, yeah. really encouraged. And, um, you know, that used to be Lowell House's main headquarters, 555 Merrimack. And as I understand it, um, the building was described as a maze was one word. Um, a, a Warren uh, was another. Um, we actually had somebody who was working for us, had worked for us for three years. And after three years got lost in the building. Oh my goodness. Can you goodness. imagine? And, and when we moved out of there, I think six months later, the roof fell in. So this is not a building wow. in great shape. And, um, you know, uh, you know, there's that, that story about the Phoenix, about the bird who dies, is burned into ashes and then rises up out of the ashes. And I kind of feel like that's a metaphor for that space because again, not a great building. Yes. And now, 27 units, I believe, of really amazing housing. It's, um, I think, an energy, this is not the right term, but like an energy neutral building. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't use any more energy than it makes or something like that. Yes, right? Um, and, and the cool partnership is that we are going, they built the building, but priority is given for those 27 units to people who are in recovery. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to be providing case management support Excellent. and things like that to people in the building. So we're really, really excited about that. And, you know, the next the next step, I think, um, you know, we have a continuum of care that, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our different mm -hmm. kinds of programs, Great. but we have a continuum of care of different kinds of programs that help people, but there are some places where that's missing. Um, um, one of them is with... Um, uh, Parents, mm -hmm. most generally moms, not always, um, who are, um, have children but are also in um, uh, they're in treatment. Yeah. And sometimes those kids are placed in different places. So family supportive housing is a really big that's thing great. that we need to be doing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of like on our horizon for this next 12 months. Um, in addition to that, uh, we are uh, opening up 
let me tell you a little bit about residential programs. Residential programs mm -hmm. are when people need to be staying there for a long period of time. Yep. Um, and, you know, six to eight months, something like that. Uh, we have a program for single men. We have a program for single men who also have a uh, mental health diagnosis mm -hmm. as well. It's called co-occurring enhanced. Um, we have a program for um, single women. It's been around since the early 90s, late 80s. Um, I think it's like 31 years old. Um, and we just opened up a co-occurring enhanced again for women. Um, actually, the first person to stay there was January 16th. Wow, so excellent. what we're trying to do is kind of build out our continuum so that there's no wrong door to get to recovery. And then you, there's the support that you need, regardless mm -hmm. of what kind of support, to actually get you to a place where you're living your life in recovery, supported, stable, and um, and ready to kind of make contribute back to society. That's yeah. excellent. Um, and I just wanted to kind of circle back to the building that we just talked about with mm -hmm. CBA that's on Merrimack Street. So for people trying to picture it, it's right next to the Jean Doc Credit Union, their new. It's right next to John on the um, east side of branch. the street, right yes. a, sort of right across from Sizzling Kitchen. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Everybody always knows yeah. the restaurants as a landmark. Right. Um, but it, it's incredible kind of the variety of services that you mm -hmm. offer at Lowell House. So can we talk a little bit more about some of those? So we talked, we touched upon residential programs, but what are some other things that you offer? Absolutely. So let's kind of start about what are the different ways that people might enter into okay, that's great. Um, uh, treatment for a substance use yep. disorder. Um, so one way is they might actually be, um, you might have a, a DUI, you mm -hmm. know, you might get pulled over and you actually get, to, if you want to get this resolved, you need to, um, go to some classes, yeah. learn about that. What do you want to do? That might be one way. And we offer programs around that, both first offender and second offender. Mm -hmm. um, another way is that you might be referred, you might be self-referred, you might be referred by your probation officer or something like that. Yeah. Hey, I think you actually need some additional help where you might be doing some one-on-one -on -one counseling. Um, we provide that. You might want to do that in terms of a group. We have something called structured out structured outpatient, um, mm -hmm. that the acronym is SOAP. Um, so you'd be doing that kind of with a group of people. We'll do that. Um, you might be somebody, I was talking with a police officer. There's a, a guy, um, that people may have heard of in our community. He's actually on our board, Louis Diaz. Mm -hmm. Louis Diaz, um, when he, he'll tell you when he was a teenager in his twenties, um, he was not on the right path and yet he was able to turn things around. Yeah. There was a, article written in the Boston Globe about him back in uh, wow. 2015 or something like that. Um, Louis Diaz now works for the Middlesex Sheriff's Department. And um, with him, uh, you know, we will actually be uh, going to the uh, court, you know, Middlesex court, yeah. um, other courts. And so people will be coming in. Uh, turns out, so Louis was saying to me, 80 to 90, he had, he was talking with me and a couple of police officers and they were saying 80 to 90% of the cases that they see involve substance use, mm -hmm. substance abuse in some kind of way. I mean, you think about it, you know, um, what kind of, you know, assault, well, somebody may have been Absolutely. drinking, um, domestic violence, mm -hmm. not uncommon there. Um, you know, burglaries, other things like that. It's, it's not hard to see how a substance use disorder is something that is a, a major factor yep. in somebody getting in trouble law. So we have people um, who are working in our various courts so that when somebody comes in and there's an opportunity for diversion or there's an opportunity to say, mm -hmm. Hey, how can we provide you some help? That's great. 
um, then we can provide that help right there. So yes. that's another way that people might enter in. Um, we actually have people who are doing outreach to folks who are, you know, living in the river, living by the river, mm -hmm. living, you know, by the railroad tracks, living somewhere. Um, we have a, the Lowell Sun did an article about uh, Jen, our outreach nurse, who goes out and does wound care with people um, who are staying out, you know, yeah. again, in various encampments and things like yep. that. Um, and, and one of the things we're really trying to work on is, is how do we get people, again, into recovery? Mm -hmm. Turns out that... Um, the best time to talk to somebody about, hey, what about treatment, is actually right after they might have had an overdose. So another guy who's on our board, uh, Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor used to be a police yep, chief in town. Yep. Uh, while he was police chief, he, he said, you know, the problem it, when somebody's had a, a, an overdose is that once they get into medical care, because of HIPAA rules, you can't tell anybody. But the police can get involved if before that. Yeah. So he said he developed a team, which we are proud to be a part of. Um, and that team uh, goes out and uh, anybody who's had an overdose, we go out and within 24 hours, knock on the door, visit wherever they're at and say, what about treatment? And the thing is that it actually works. I was just in a conversation with um, our district attorney, mm -hmm. um, she does a, a monthly call around um, opioid, the opioid crisis. Mm -hmm. And she said that deaths in greater Lowell from opioids have gone down 20% in the past year. That's such a great That's amazing. thing to hear. So, yes. I mean, I mean, if, if, think yeah. about that. If I were to say to you, hey, we have reduced heart attacks yeah. by 20%. I mean, that's you, you would that's be like, a staggering that's number. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? If, if we have reduced traffic accidents yeah, yeah. by 20%, that would be huge. We've reduced opioid deaths by 20%. Um, our number right now is 1.7 per 100,000. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people who understand demographics or yeah. that 1.7 is below the Massachusetts rate of 1.85. Um, and it's significantly mm -hmm. below, like Baltimore right now has among the worst, and it's like mm -hmm. 60 deaths per 100,000. So is. so our numbers, again, dropping, getting better below the state average. And a lot of that is because of teams of people who are going out, talking to people when they have, uh, when there's an overdose and saying, hey, what about treatment? And I'm so glad that it's it's a thing that people are talking about now, mm -hmm. too, because, I mean, 10 years ago, it was like you wouldn't want to tell anybody if you knew somebody that Absolutely. was affected by that. And now it's seen as really that, a, a, it, a disorder that my my My, my guess and, for, for both of us, when we were growing up, um, a substance use disorder, whether it was to alcohol yeah. or some other substance, some other drug, it was it was something that you were ashamed about. Right. Right. You know, there was a, a shame, a sense of a moral failing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how could I let this happen to myself? And today we know a lot more about right. brain chemistry than we did in the past. Absolutely. And we can say, you know, um, yeah, you know, there, there are probably some bad choices there, but the brain has kind of does stuff on its own and it, it mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if anybody has ever smoked cigarettes who's listening to this, but they actually say that nicotine is five to six times harder to quit than than stopping drinking alcohol. Wow. Right? Wow. And 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 yeah. reason why? It's brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. It's like the nicotine attaches to the receptors and they're like 
this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so saying that um, look at treating it as an illness and not treating it as a, a moral failing, yeah. you know, goes much further in terms of helping people get to the point where they're in success, successfully in recovery. Yeah. So great. Well, I mean, the work you do is just so yeah. important, not easy work, but, no. but I mean, just so important. So, so those are some of all the different ways that people come in. Yeah. Once they come in, um, we will do individual counseling. We'll mm -hmm. do, um, group counseling. Uh, we also have residential programs. We, again, as I mentioned, we a have a lot of residential programs four, on the website this morning Four four different residential treatment programs. In addition to that, we have um, three different what we call sober housing. Mm -hmm. Sober housing is long-term housing. There's yep. there's little, sometimes there's there's some, but there's not very much um, case management support. Mm -hmm. It's more for people who are like, hey, you know what? I've been through treatment. I've got I'm I'm together, but I also know that if I go back to staying where I was. Yeah. I'm likely to start using it. So I need, I need a, a sober house. Mm -hmm. I need a place where everybody there is saying, yep, we're going to support each other. That's great. So we have, we have that. And then the last thing is, you know, this is one of the things that's most difficult for people with substance use disorder is that um, when you make that decision to, to be sober, when you make that decision to enter into recovery, um, much of your friend network, if not all of it goes away because all of your friends were likely using just like you were. Mm -hmm. And so one of the th things people talk about is that it's lonely. And so to address that back, um, it was 2018, 2019. Um, I think it's uh, Christ the King UCC or the Congregational yeah, Church in yeah. town. Um, said that somebody there heard about this, something called a recovery cafe. They said, this is a great idea. It's a great idea, but you know, we're a church. We don't know how to run it. So they talked to Lowell house and we said it was a great idea. Yeah. And, um, end of 2019, we opened up something called uh, the recovery cafe. And it provides that those friend supports, mm -hmm. it provides a place you can go where you can know, you know, that if you're sober and you want friends who are also being sober and yeah. you want a place to, you want that, the the coffee shop that's going to say hey you know how can i uh how can i the place where everybody knows your name but you're not going to get it right whatever that sometimes place. you want to go where everybody knows your name exactly you get a cup of coffee it's a great space too yeah. i was there for the grand opening and there you go yeah and so that's that's another thing that we're actually gonna be doing um you know we have one in lowell and we actually just got a grant to open up one in haverhill and so we're going to be Amazing. opening that that's up great hopefully in the next couple of months Excellent. yeah well geez weird when do you sleep i <laughs> Well, we have a great team. We, yeah. we have we have about 150 people working for us. That's incredible. Um, and so those are, I, I'm just the one who's here talking about what we do. Those are the people who actually do the work. How can the community get involved for anybody listening or viewing? You know, I mean, there's there's a couple of different ways. So one of which is we do need volunteers. So people okay. who want to volunteer, it could be at our uh, the recovery cafe. Mm -hmm. It could be at one of our residential programs. But it's just you know, it's being that that additional support, and that additional support might be, hey, we want to do a an open mic night at the recovery cafe and you might want to help organize it or you might just want to be there and and sing that would be fine um or if you wanted to do a i want to uh teach people how to make how to we want to do a cooking class once a week 
all the activities that that you and I did, you know, growing up that kind of mm-hmm. made our house a home. Um, that, that may, oh, here's some support. Yeah, I just kind of took that for granted. These are the kinds of activities, you know, that are going to help people feel supported, feel loved, feel like there's a community supporting. Those are things that we want people to help with. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, we're also interested in people wanting to do something similar with the residential programs that might be going there. We're, but we're also talking, for example, with the YMCA here in Lowell Excellent. about trying to do like... Um, you know, aquatic therapy, let's get in the pool and swim. And great. maybe that's, so if you're a swimmer, you want to help, I want to help lead that. That would be great. Or if you're a person who likes to go and, and lift weights or whatever else you want to lead that, or you, somebody who does pickleball, that's a pickleball, phrase. pickleball, um, <laughs> yoga, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever done yoga, but it's, I find it very stretching. Yeah. Um, and so if you wanted to lead a yoga class, that, that's something that you could do too. That's um, great. Yeah, there, I mean, and then one more thing is actually, and this is, it's very appropriate for the uh, Chamber of Commerce. We are looking for businesses and, and we're, it's, it's sort of at a preliminary stage right now, you know, so I, okay. we're going to have some literature. Breaking news. Right, yeah, but we want, we want to establish a cohort of recovery supportive businesses. Um, so there's a, a guy on our board, uh, John Finnegan, used to have a glass He's shop. Wonderful. Okay, yep. there you go. Uh, I told you everybody in Lowell knows yeah. everybody else. Um, <laughs> used to have a glass shop in town, and he said that he had um, several, if, if not a few, people working for him over the years. I think he was in business for like 30 oh, years. Oh, yeah, for a very long time who were in recovery and he said oftentimes those were his best workers mm-hmm. you know and so what we're what we want we don't want business to say we are going to guarantee we're going to hire anybody no that's not what we're looking for but we want businesses that say hey if somebody comes and comes for employment and says by the way i want you to know i'm also in recovery that's that's not something that you're going to yeah. look down on that somebody's comfortable that somebody should be comfortable saying that and and then the business says okay well you know we're looking for qualified people are you qualified okay you are great we're going to hire you and then as you know we would try to provide something called a recovery coach who would be working with that person making sure that it's a good employment fit yeah kind of you know and sometimes when you're there's an analogy to um recovery so if you've ever grown a tomato plant, um, when it starts out, it's kind of small and cute, little green leaves and everything. And then it sprouts up, you know, and okay, and it's, it's bigger, it's cuter. And then it has these tiny yellow flowers. That's pretty awesome. And then the flowers turn into tomatoes. And then what happens is that the tomato plant falls over. And then the tomatoes, you know, rot on the ground or whatever else. And in some ways, recovery can be kind of like that. So you start out, you're a small little plant, you grow, you're looking really cute, and then your success gets so much on you, and then you have a relapse. So having a recovery coach Great. can help make sure that that relapse doesn't happen. Yeah, so, that's wonderful. so having businesses say, we would like to step forward, we want to be part of a recovery-friendly workplace, yeah. and, um, and, you know, work with us in terms of finding good fits. And, you know, it's, it's a challenge to hire good people these days. And so we think it might be a benefit to the the businesses. Yeah, well. we can certainly help with that. And I'm also the chair of the Workforce Board. Here there you Lowell, go. So, okay. We should have a conversation with Kevin let's, Coughlin over there. Let's have it. Let's yeah. have that conversation. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Over yeah. coffee. Yes. That sounds good. There <laughs> you go. Yeah. Is there anything else you want the listeners and viewers to know about Lowell House? And we, we're going to definitely have you back on. This This isn't the I, end of the conversation. I, I, I would I would just say that even broader than what I, I believe that our community, and by that I don't just mean Lowell, I yeah. don't mean Drake, I don't mean Westford or, or Haverhill or, or wherever else. 
I believe that our area of Massachusetts can lead the way in being mm -hmm. a recovery supportive community. And for us to do that, um, it involves it involves all of us. It can't just be Lowell House. It can't just be me. It has to be all of us working together. This is, in some ways, even though it's an individual problem, it's a problem that affects individuals, it's a symptom of a community that needs to come together mm -hmm. and provide that supportive environment. And there's so many different ways that we can do that. So find us on the web, uh, lowellhouseinc.org. Um, uh, call us, uh, whatever it is, text us, email, um, and find, you know, give us a call and we'll figure out how we can get you involved. This was such a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so yes. nice to finally meet you and look yes. forward to working with you yes. and hopefully bringing everybody in to, to help support the, the community that you're working Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Thank you. This, this is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you all for tuning into this edition of Chamber Chat. We will be back again soon. Thanks so much. Very good.